Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey everyone, so regarding today's episode, I'll probably be sharing some parts of it with uh, several friends of mine, but at the same time, I should give a warning that even though the person who wrote the book is a medical professional, the two people discussing it are not. So if you're going to take on board what we discuss, make sure you include your own professional advice as part of that. Enjoy the show. Sans Pants Radio, Australia's happiest podcast network. Hey everyone, welcome to Bookish. I'm George Demarellis. This is a show where we ask you what's your story and what does it say about you. Today on the show, we have comedian, amateur poker player, musician, <laughs> and all-around great guy, Simon Carter. How are you doing, Simon? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, just just amateur poker playing it up. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you were very firm on not to say professional <laughs> poker player, so I thought I would... Uh... Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention professional fighter as well. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, no, I've never made money off that, actually. Never made money? No. no. Just the only money's in the blood of your enemies. That's right. Coating yeah. your fists. I'm sure that the trainer who was my corner man made money. Yeah. But I was under 18, so it was just like, just a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Just to punch some faces. Because anyone uh, listening to this, might, uh, I, I, look, I think it's fine for me to say this. You've said this joke on stage. Um, you don't come across like someone who's done, is it MMA? Muay Thai. Muay Thai. So you don't some, come across like a actual quite rather serious Muay Thai <laughs> fighter. Like you, you have the, uh, the, the, the energy of a more like, you know, more quiet sort of fellow. <laughs> a more shy, self-restrained kind of guy. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. And I think that uh, bodes well for me. Yeah, I know. That, yeah. way, that way they'll never see it coming. That's right. <laughs> if a fight ever broke out. They'd they'd be their guard would be very down if they were, if they were going to fight me. Not a large man, and uh, let's say my face is uh, let's call it young looking. Uh, I don't think anybody's scared, which is great because if anybody yeah. was scared, they they might stand a chance at all. Yeah, <laughs> and they don't. So. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, you're basically like the white version of that little Asian guy that actually can kill everyone in like oh, Simpsons yeah. and stuff. You yeah, yeah. That? yeah, 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 that, that cliche. Yeah, yeah, the the uh, the Japanese mafia. Yeah. And Homer's like, I want to see what that little guy does. Yeah. yeah. He says, don't know, but you know what he does, it's going to be good. Yeah. And then he like lets out this primal <laughs> scream and Homer's like, oh, I missed it. Classic sound effects, that one. Yeah. <laughs> so. Thank you for being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. But yeah, so to give a little background on you, I guess, because uh, we've already expressed so much range in you already, I think, in the first 12 seconds of this podcast. Like, I, who, yeah. who is he? Exactly. I have too much range that probably nobody knows who I am. Yeah, because even like your music side of things, you play jazz. Yep. In Not in a band right now, right? Right. So, But on your own. Yep. And it's trombone. Yep. Jazz. That's my main instrument. Yep. Yeah. Which, uh, that's cool. Yeah, man. I'm the only one, baby. <laughs> Is it relatively rare here in Melbourne? <laughs> to be a trombone jazz player? Yeah. Well, yeah, to be a jazz musician in Melbourne is pretty rare um, in general compared to the other professions. Um, but yeah, trombone, I would say, you know, if you compare to the other instruments, yeah, guitar and saxophone, like a pretty pretty monstrous. Mm. Um, it's only a, f- a handful of top trombone players, you know what I mean? But they're absolute killers. Oh, they like, are. Don't don't let uh, trombone fool you. Like they're they're just as people are like, oh, trombone can't play fast because you got to use the slide. Incorrect. You just haven't seen a good trombone player play. Like <laughs> they play just like a saxophone player, like to speed and, and stuff like that. Yeah, impressiveness. It's just a different sound quality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was doing a, a radio show with Jacqueline Mifsud, the comedian. Yeah, and she was like, she was bringing up my trombone playing, and she goes, yeah, you do a lot of trombone playing as well, and she goes. And I'm like, that's your impression of what I do? <laughs> Three slow notes in a row that are a bit stupid sounding? 
That's I went to university. <laughs> I studied at NYU. I have an honors degree. <laughs> you had an honors degree, not trombone playing. And you think that's that's what you think I'm doing? Are you telling me you've never done those three notes? I mean, I probably no. I have never done those three <laughs> notes. No, not even on day one was I that shit. No, I've never done that. I'm picturing like, you know, you've just did a killer solo. You've gotten the energy out and then just at the end you finish up and you're like. That goes nuts. Yeah, maybe like as a, you know, a little bit of a written uto on the end, build up a nice, uh, you know, a big finish. Exactly. Yeah, maybe, you know, you land on the nine or something. But the way Jacqueline, Jacqueline didn't go. She went, yeah, trombone, baby. And you can't see, but I'm I'm doing really like stupid arm movements. Yeah. And Jacqueline is just like, this is what I think you are. <laughs> Jacqueline's lovely if you're getting the wrong idea. Yeah, no. <laughs> that was all that was the way I perceived what she was doing, just in case anybody's I, like, this guy hates Jacqueline. Look, it definitely is uh, sounding like a triggered situation <laughs> for you. It feels like it wasn't just Jacqueline you were responding to at that moment. No, it was the call. whole history. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> People disparaging your profession. My entire high school life of just bullies coming up to me going, How's trumpet? And I'm like, <laughs> and that's why you do Muay Thai. That's right. Oh, yeah. You also know I can chop you in the throat right now, right? Like, I'll I'll play trumpet at your funeral. How about that? How about that? <laughs> and not sad trumpet. It's going right. to be happy trumpet. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you. Um, I don't think you were there, but I was doing a gig and somebody was heckling, and I was like, I'm a musician. I'm a play at your funeral, and I was like, and I'm a jazz musician. It's going to be very disrespectful. So. Yeah, man, you're on the ball. You oh, could, there you go. Yeah, so you're predicting my uh, <laughs> <laughs> punchlines. It's yeah, that's right. Comedians. Um, so <laughs> yeah, you're on. Uh, yeah, no, that's. A, I think that's an interesting thing people don't might not appreciate because you don't. Okay, so trombone is your obviously uh, it's your heart's instrument. Yeah, but you've also got skills in piano. I play piano a little bit as too. Well. Yeah, but no, and still quite good. I'm guessing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's just not. Um, it's just not on the same level as trombone. Trombone's just like, that guy knows what's up. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you saw me play piano, um, you'd be like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, you know, you go to this, this is dope. Mm. Um, uh, I mostly use piano for like composition and stuff. Uh, but I just haven't put in the man hours on like tech and... You know, just knowing it to the nth degree. The, right. The eight-hour days, five five years of eight-hour days. You know what I mean? That's where, crazy. Where I've done that on trombone. You've, you've seen it because like – so you actually went to NYU. Yeah, just for um, a summer intensive course. It was just like one unit as part of my degree. So that's where you get to see like the level of – but I'm like – it's just like – it's almost a laziness part of me. I'm like obviously there's people who love doing it to a degree as well. And yeah. not just love doing it. They just love working on something, obviously, to that degree. But, like, surely, like, you don't need to do it eight hours a day for five years to get good at something. You know what I mean? Like, is it maybe three years? No. <laughs> and then you're just fucking around? <laughs> like, the, no, no, no way. Like, the best of the best um, will do that that often forever. They'll yeah. Just, they'll just play all the time. Um, because the thing that people miss is that when you're playing a jazz solo, what you're trying to do is you're hearing melodies in your head and you have to be so attuned with your instrument and your ability to hear notes and know what those pitches are that you can hear in your brain without hearing them in real life, that you can then sing that melody in your head without making any noise out loud and then reproduce it in your instrument immediately Mm. and in the exact notes. So you're actually, it's like thinking of words and talking. Yeah. But being extre- not just talking like some idiot, being extremely articulate and being able to communicate with others all at the same time. You have to then be able to create art that people like immediately. Like if somebody was, they said, hey, paint this immediately, like right now, you can't work on it. Like now, go. And I'm going to yeah. watch. I'm going to enjoy every brush stroke. And if there's certain brush strokes I don't like or colors I don't like, I'm out. Like I'm checking out of this solo. You suck. You know what I mean? It sounds very high intensity. It is. <laughs> I also feel like it is definitely like one of the more um, art forms, jazz, where like you got to put in the hours to appreciate how good it is. You know what I mean? Like some things, like anyone can sit and watch a good movie, I feel like, and even a painting to a degree. Obviously, you're going to miss a million nuances, but you can still enjoy it. Yeah. Like something like jazz is something where it's like you're just not going to get it almost until you've put in a bit of time to appreciate it. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, moments I find in my teaching as a music teacher. Yeah, forgot to mention that part. It's a music teacher too. We didn't have any prior conversation about leaving that out on purpose. <laughs> um, Regular Renaissance man, I tell you what. <laughs> I'll be I'll be telling students. I'll be like, now we want to do this. Now the audience isn't going to know why they enjoy this, but they're going to enjoy this. So this is why we put this in. Like we know we can discuss it for this reason. They're going to like it. And they're not going to be like, ooh, I can tell he's got the, you know, the sharp nine over the dominant seven chord here. Mm. But they're going to feel, you know, what you're putting in there. You're, you're, you know, you're inferring the blues tradition or whatever, and people enjoy that yeah. without, without being able to explain it themselves. But you hit that note and they're like, sick. Yeah. Their brains go, sick. I like this. So there are elements. So you're saying there that actually you don't need to know that much to still be able to enjoy a nice jazz right. thing. Right. You, you should need to know nothing. If it's really? a good solo, like if you if you if it hits home for you, yeah, I guess that's. But like, as long as you're actually putting the effort to listen to it, I suppose some people probably hear jazz and they're like, I don't know, <laughs> I'm not even going to try, you know. But if you actually just sit there and actually just try, <laughs> you know, that was sick. Yeah, man. I mean, maybe if I played more solos like that, people would be relating. I'd be getting more more people down to the shows. Jacqueline Mifsud would be on board. <laughs> Yeah, this turned into a very jazz focused episode. <laughs> like, hey, man! It's, actually, let's do just a quick history before we go into your book as well, just because uh, just just like literally dot pointing. G- grew up here, in Melbourne. Yeah, Frankston. Frankston studied at. I went to Monash Clayton. Clayton, um, and you were studying music there. Yep, and jazz, then jazz stream. And then at the end, you went into New York for six months. Uh, we did. Uh, it was like a one month intensive summer course where you did like uh, every day. Uh, uh, six days a week, ten to six p.m. Um, of master classes, and then you did gigs every night. Jesus checking out Christ. gigs. It was the best thing in the world. Yeah, uh, one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. Yeah, um, just being around that level of of musicianship, so freaking high. And they had like the best jazz musicians come out to do master classes. It was off the charts. Um, one month of it. Yeah, it's almost like month. a tease. I was like ill the whole time. It was really upsetting. What? Um, I think it's just because my body was like, here we go. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was just firing on all cylinders. <laughs> and I was just showing up looking absolutely dead. I didn't miss one class. Yeah. Like, I was really unwell. Um, <laughs> but just just gutting it. And um, yeah, so I did that uh, just as a, a one month thing. You went to university, saw New York, and then you came back. You finished off your course. Finished my course, and then decided to do honors. Mm-hmm. Did a thesis in. Oh, this could be linking. I did my thesis in. Um, you have to be specific as. Are you allowed to swear on this yeah. podcast? You have to be specific as fuck. Um, in your when you pick a thesis, mm-hmm. so I was like, um, I was having shoulder problems at the time, which is the load bearing shoulder when you play trombone. It's the one that holds the weight of the trombone. Mm-hmm. Um, so my thesis was like the way the difference between uh, medical professionals treating athletes with sh- left shoulder problems compared to the way they treat musicians with left shoulder problems, uh, brass playing musicians, because it's their load bearing shoulder. Because what? There already been some work done on the right bearing shoulder. No, because the right would have no no real reason to get an injury. But there would be for people who are the other hand, right? No, uh, the instruments are always the same hand. There's no left handed. Yep. Yeah, you might have yeah. seen some Christina Aguilera clips where the, the the guys are playing trombone and they're playing them backwards. It's because they're fucking idiots in these clips and they don't know how to set up their trombones. I got real mad. I can't believe there's only one-handed trombones. I'm insulted as a left-hander. Are you left-handed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... Take this to heart. <laughs> okay. So we finish your degree. We do honors. You do honors. Yeah. You finish the degree, um, and then you t- travelled with it. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. So I moved out onto it was my goal to um, uh, audition for some cruise ships and okay. uh, do some do some cruise ship contracts. So did that. Man, uh, the first one I didn't get. I auditioned. I didn't get it. And the dude after it, I, I didn't get the thing. Like I had to play. Uh, he he sent me. It's like a really insane process. Like it, it's nuts. They because they're in different countries. So you have to get up at like 4 a.m. to have the time difference for them. Yeah. They email you the charts because you have to prove that you can read a tune without have ever seen it, uh, looked at yeah. it before. They email it to you. You have to film yourself printing it whilst being on the phone with them. Uh, and then you play it immediately along with backing tracks that they email you. That's hilarious. And you watch, you film opening the email for the first time, all this shit. It's pretty crazy. And then I auditioned for P&O and got it. Okay. So. They, and I got onto the ship, luckily, very luckily for me, that um, 
gets paid the most out of any ship. Yeah. So I got really, I lucked out there. All right. Yeah. And so you're actually just cruising around with cruisers just playing in a big band. Uh, yeah, it was a uh, show band, that one. So um, trombone, trumpet, two saxophones, and a rhythm section. And how long would you play for? We would do three shows a night. Right. So three 45-minute sets. And then you just kick back the rest of the time. The rest of the time was nothing. That's what I've, I've, People bag – I get that people say – what I can see why people say cruise ships are bad in terms of like – they say that's where comics go to die and stuff because, like, you don't do anything else. But, like, I could definitely see a few years doing cruise ships would be aight because, like, then you get paid great and you got so much free time to actually just write or do whatever you want. Yeah, and when you're in port, you can just get off yeah. and travel for free. You live for free, rent free, all your food is free. Like, there are a lot of perks. And you're getting paid good money as well. Good money and you have guaranteed pretty much guaranteed big crowds every night like in the ship there was at each end there was a theater a full theater like uh, in the movies you know what i mean Mm. but bigger like a fucking theater that's great (laughs) yeah no and like like this like panned theater left to right huge and uh yeah that they would pack it out um and you know you're on you're on stage like you know kind of like the gala um for the for the comedy festival um and, and people would just fill up every time so it, you know, it feels like it's you're so famous. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it just gets a bit lonely. And how long would some of these cruises go for? Um, my, uh, the Spain, I did uh, Spain and surrounding countries was uh, the, was that, that one. Um, and that was three months, but they can go for like the other guys in the band were full timers. So they were just on all the time and that every year they would get, oh, I'm going to get this wrong, but every year they would get like a month off or something or two months off. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I <laughs> think if that that's a lot. That's a long that's they a long lonely They lived there. So that's that wasn't for me. Yeah. Like again, I could see that maybe for a year or something could be interesting, but yeah, that's that's nice. Um yeah, so then you just did that. Uh for how many years was that? I just did I ended up just doing that contract. Right. Uh because and this is gonna lead nicely into the book as well. Yeah. Because um I ended up getting a lot of pain in my jaw. Um, and thinking at the time that it was playing related. Um, so yeah, it was just getting overwhelming. They put me on painkillers, uh, really strong painkillers and it was not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they were like, do you grind your teeth at night? Get a mouth guard, do all this stuff. I did all the stuff, spent so much money, um, Mitigating the pain, mm-hmm. but not not even close to getting rid of it. So, they, so were you still playing during this time? Yep. Okay. Yep. So um, finished up there and went home, um, and then didn't accept another one uh, because I was like, I got to get this sorted. And the pain was pretty full on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I've had that extreme pain in my jaw um, and shoulder and hip from kickboxing, or at least I thought it was from kickboxing at the time, um, for the past eight years, just extreme pain. And I actually haven't spoken about it, like, because it's sad. Like, and when I tell people- you still have it now. No, you're saying at that point then. For for all the way up until last year. Yeah. Yeah. um, It was just extreme pain. And you tell people about it every time you catch up with them. Their first question is, how's all your pain? Mm. And when your answer every single time is- it's worse. It's dog shit. It's go. I'm declining steadily in yeah. my life. I'm losing everything. Jesus. In my life, I haven't played trombone. I'm, I can't fight. I can't lift weights. I can't. I have had to change my diet because I can't chew and and make make it through the whole meal. I can't hang out in the comedy audience for the full two brackets because I'm smiling too much and I can't bear it. I have to go home. Fuck me. Yeah. And I wouldn't tell anybody because well, I would known you for way longer than that, right? And you were suffering to that pain that whole time. Yeah, yeah, just not saying or not expressing. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was the you know the hardest thing in my life. And um, uh, so what would happen is I would just be dying at a gig, and I'd just tell people, "Ah, oh, I got to get, I got to get running." I just wouldn't say why, mm. um, and then go. Um, and yeah, for so long, everybody was treating the physical th- the physical symptoms. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, your jaw hurts. Problem with the jaw. We've mm-hmm. got to figure out. We've got to treat the jaw. Something's going on. Or it, well, I hurt myself. Uh, air quotes. I hurt myself kickboxing. I thought because I was. I hurt myself while I was kickboxing. So obviously you think, oh yeah, 
It's kickboxing. It's kickboxing. <laughs> I got to stop kickboxing, right? Yeah. I was one day. I was training, quite a stressful training sesh, and I'm getting yelled at as you do. Like they they yell to motivate you. That's just what they do. <laughs> uh, we're men. We yell. Yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, I couldn't kick on my left side. Couldn't lift up my leg anymore. Nothing happened. No no injury. It wasn't a kick, and I went, "Oh, something happened." It was just, "Hey, we don't think so anymore." Body just went nah. And then my I couldn't. My left shoulder did the same thing. And my coach was like, kick. And I was like, something's wrong. And he's like, all right, well, punch, you pussy. And I was like, something's wrong with that too now. Right. And they thought I was faking. They were like, come on. And I was like, I've been training my ass off here for five years, never took a day off in my life. What do you, What makes you think I'm faking? Uh, so I was, I was Such like- positive. <laughs> Such a positive environment. For yeah. Dealing with, yeah. And they were like, go. And I was like, I'm sitting down. Yeah. Like, I know that something is very seriously wrong. You can yell all you want, but I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then spent the next eight years um, looking for what was wrong. And I saw every doctor and I had surgeries and um, I had blood injections, cortisone injections, like steroid injections uh, into the joint, into the muscle, um, all the stuff, physios, dry needling, like just going out for torture, all this, all the things that you can imagine. Somebody might be listening to this podcast being like, oh, man, he should have tried acupuncture. I did. You did everything. He, oh, what, why did Eastern, he try osteo? Western. I did do osteo. Like, yeah? All, everything, everything in the world that and, was physical. Yeah, yeah, for, for all, all these different things. Yeah. And would, so did they all happen at roughly the same time or was it like the injury with kickboxing and then you went and did your music and then that kicked in as well? Is that how it worked? Great question. It was um, when I was 12, I really hurt my neck. Nothing happened. <laughs> I just turned. I was looking behind me. Yeah. Neck done. Mm-hmm. I've had neck pain for the rest of my life. What? Yeah. For the for the rest forever. Then I'm at 19. This kickboxing thing happens. Now I've got shoulder and hip pain. Never goes. It's there forever. Then I'm doing the cruise contract and I'm playing trombone, jaw, jaw forever. All of these. So each one was cumulative on top of the next one, which was a few years apart, whatever. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But the thing is, um, it was like... I would go to get something, you know, you know, for a massage or whatever. It would feel mildly better. And then one of my other things would just be the main focus of my brain now, like that we hadn't worked on. So if I get a neck massage, it's like, yeah, I guess that kind of helped. And now like I can feel my shoulder way more. Yeah. So you go around the circle and it's forever. Like yeah. you can't, there's, there's no way you can get rid of it. Jesus. So, and like this is, went on for years and you tried everything with all of them. Yeah. From drugs to. Yeah. Drugs. Yep. Physical doctors. Like steroid injections and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. And even went Eastern and you did acupuncture. And, yeah. 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 It was like, you know, mostly Western. Yeah. But yeah, other stuff as well. You yeah. know, going to hot yoga, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, whatever. That would have been my first, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. That's the one you'd think like yoga would be the solution, but not. Did a lot of yoga. Yoga helped, mm. but not to a degree where I could ever return to anything that, yep. I, that I loved. So that's what these pains were so bad that you could you had to actually stop the stuff you were doing. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. This podcast has taken such an extreme turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like <laughs> oh my and God. exactly. And that's why I just, you know, you don't bring this up just day to day. Yeah. Because it just got sad. How are you? Still bad. Like, stop asking me. But people are concerned about you and they mm. want to So I just stopped talking. I just stopped bringing it up. Yeah, and um, I I started doing comedy after the the cruise jaw thing. So mm-hmm. that was when I just was in the world of I don't talk about this. Mm. So you would have I did comedy after. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just a big bundle of pain that whole time. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yep. Absolutely. Um. This yeah. Well, this is we've we're up to date, and now let's lead into this. Makes more sense now, and and also, yeah. I really want to. This book sounds so interesting to me. Yep. And it sounds like you've got a very personal story attached to it. So your book of choice for today is... The Mind-Body Prescription by Dr. John E. Sarno. Right. Um, and it's a health book about how to treat pain, essentially. Yep. Written back in the early 90s. Yeah. And it was... Doc, uh, John Sarno is a... Um, he's a traditional doctor, like as opposed to a doctor of psychology. Mm. He is a, uh, a GP, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and he wrote it, which is very interesting because what we're about to talk about is rejected by the vast, vast majority of GPs. Today? Yes. Still? Uh, yes. And most of them don't even know this is a thing. 
Mm-hmm. I've spoken to my GPs after reading the book. And I'm like, what do you know about uh, mind-body syndrome or tension myositis syndrome? And they're just like, what? I don't, what? What's that? And I'm like, no shit. Like you go into your uh, GP and you go, my shoulder hurts. And they go, sick, here is the shoulder pill. Yeah. And you take that. And what happens? It masks the symptom of mm. pain, but it does not address the root cause. Mm. And then what your brain does then is it finds another way in your body to express the same pain. Well, so let's, let's, let's summarize, actually, because that's what you're saying there. The, the fundamental thesis of the book, what's it saying exactly? It's saying that it lists uh, it's saying that majority of physical discomfort in your body whether it's pain um, uh, skin breakouts difficulty with digestion uh, headaches um, anything like that uh, chronic pain is not because of a physical issue there's no there's nothing structurally wrong with you and the reason is it is because uh, you're you have uh, unresolved emotions uh, and uh, trauma you know traumatic things that you haven't um looked into mm-hmm. yeah and that's like yeah like that's actually it sums it up in one second yeah, so yeah. But, and like specifically um well specifically i guess like obviously any trauma is emotional trauma um and is it like from any period in time or is it like something which you don't remember maybe or is it something you do remember or it's just so it's it's psycho it is psychology it's saying you've got something wrong from years back that yes. you just haven't confronted. Yes. And it could be anything. Like people hear trauma and they go, oh, I don't have any trauma. Because when people think of trauma, they think of the big ones, mm. the big terrifying ones, you know, uh, abuse, uh, sexual things, and, the, you know, the the huge level trauma, yeah. <laughs> you know, high scale. Yeah. But uh, trauma can also be um, on any scale. It can be anything that your brain finds difficult to process and therefore hasn't. Yeah, it hasn't processed it. Yeah, and it's stuck. Year eleven maths. That can be trying. No, yeah, man. No, no, no. Whatever you don't get. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't get how the world is spinning, but like the sun stays in the same spot. This is trauma. Baby. This is trauma, man. Yeah, it's hurting my neck. <laughs> how, how come I can see the moon in the day, but not the sun at night? Um, <laughs> but no, I actually do know what you mean. Um, you're essentially saying it can, again. We're talking from an emotional point of view rather than yeah. a factual thing. And yeah, talking about anything which. It might actually seem unreasonable, I'm guessing, to maybe – or you feel like it's unreasonable for me to even call this a thing that doesn't make sense. But it's like your mom didn't pick you up on time and you're like, why didn't that happen? <laughs> and you haven't like dealt with that. To a degree. Yep. Like, you know, maybe you <laughs> were left there for hours in the rain mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, she didn't pick you up for the last three weeks and promised specifically that she would be there. Mm. And then, you know, it turned out she wasn't there because – of something that, you know, you read into as she didn't care about you mm. um, or care enough to be on time. Um, and as a result, so this is this is how um, trauma can manifest in the body. And your brain is doing it as a defense mechanism. Your brain thinks that by causing you pain, it's helping because your subconscious knows everything about you. Mm-hmm. It's been there the whole time and it's got it all. It's got it all stored. And it's doing as a, as a defense mechanism because it thinks that um, it can see the difficult emotions, the terrifying emotions, the traumatic emotions that haven't been expressed. And you're in a rage that has built up over your life that isn't in conscious mind. Mm-hmm. Like you don't feel day to day, but it's there as a result. It sees those emotions trying to break free into conscious mind. And your, your subconscious is terrified that these are going to get out. Yeah. So what it does is, is is when you have difficult emotions, like if you're going through something, it will flare up your pain in your body or give you breakouts or make it difficult to digest, whichever it is your body's chosen for you as your distraction. Mm -hmm. Uh, It will flare that up so that you go, you lose uh, your concentration on the emotions and you go, oh man, my shoulder hurts. And your brain's sitting there going, excellent. He'll never, he'll never process, he'll never address these terrifying thoughts because it is safer for him for his shoulder to hurt a little because he can continue through life without bringing this up. Yeah. It is safer to do that than for him to be breaking down at work, crying Mm -hmm. over difficult traumas of his past. Did you think is like that's actually true to a degree? Like as in terms of there are situations where you can't, like, and that's why it happened in the first place. It's almost a defense mechanism that comes up. Because at that point, maybe, yeah, you especially like maybe not the big trauma, but a lot of traumatic stuff, you can't deal with it at that time because there's so much going on that you have to segment it. Yeah. 
but then obviously you if you don't deal with it ever yeah that's what can so that's why i don't actually want to be like oh it's, it's bad you should just deal with it all straight up because like the reason it exists is i think is like it actually can be useful at the time but yes. yeah like i said if your world's falling apart it doesn't help on top of that for you to have a mental breakdown sometimes it actually is good for you to almost segment and then have that mental breakdown later when everything isn't also falling apart. Yeah, well, the the brain, the human brain has evolved to keep us safe, not happy. Yeah. So it's trying to keep us alive. Um, but uh, what you've got to do in order to do this is you've got to, you say, have your mental breakdown later. What you've got to do is not have your mental breakdown later. <laughs> what you've got to do is you've got to address what's really going on and, yeah. and think it out. Yeah, um, I know. And- I'm, 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 para- <laughs> yeah, I, I'm being simplistic. I know, but there are like all these methods that, if if I read this book a bunch of years ago, I'd probably be like, whatever, you know what I mean? Because we've been sort of uh, conditioned to not yes. dis- discredit this stuff. Yeah, and even GPs are discrediting this stuff. Um, and what happens is, I've joined a Facebook group, and they all do this, um, the same stuff from this book. Uh, they all talk about everybody posts their story. We all have the same story. Everybody's story is, I did all the physical stuff for 10 years. I spent $20,000 and I had had enough and I, th- I saw this method and I thought, I've got nothing left to try. I'm at the end of my rope and there's nothing. I This is all that's left and I'm, I'm desperate. I tried the book. I'm better. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Okay. Like, the fact that you're sitting here right now and you're telling me this, obviously, uh, I'm doing my classic uh, population size of one and my whole experience, because this sounds legit. Like, and uh, I can, yeah, and the body does manifest the things of the brain. And I definitely have felt that myself. What are some of the things it says? Obviously, people should go read the book if they want the full detailed account, but like, what's the the kind of stuff? Like, is it talking about just um, like therapy, I'm guessing? uh, Not really. Like, um, no, okay. Like, kind of. And my mom's a psychologist. I've I've spoken to her about it. And she's like, um, she's like, yeah, this is like a lot of similar stuff. But I've also tried some. Uh, therapy with a uh, normal psychologist mm. and it just felt like we were doing emdr which is like where you look at the it's an eye sensory thing which um when you oh, i don't want to get too deep into it but when you um have traumatic events they apparently get stuck in your amygdala and they don't your amygdala is the part of your brain that um sends different senses to different sections of your brain so the imagery stuff goes to the imagery part of the brain mm-hmm. and then it it's like the the guy in, in the in the mail room who sends out the mails yep. in the, the right places now if something's traumatic it doesn't get processed it stays there uh, and what happens is when it is getting processed is when you're in REM sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you're in REM sleep at night is your eyes are darting back and forth, left to right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that helps it process. And they found this life hack where if you look at this dot on a screen or if or a psychologist is moving their finger back and forth and you follow it whilst focusing on the traumatic experience, you're manually tricking your brain into processing this experience. No way. Yeah. And there's been a shit ton of 
evidence behind it, and what? It, is, it is one of the most um, backed and supported factual. Shut things. the fuck up! What is this thing? Yeah, EMDR. This is the best. You're dropping some serious bombs on me here. Yeah, man. Because that sounds again. It's like I love uh, mechanical solutions to psychological problems. I guess in a way, because that's mm. what you're talking about right now. You're talking about like, yeah, we're we're, we're, we're we're yeah, backdooring this stuff. We're, yes. we're manually forcing it. So I love this so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it called again? EMDR. EMDR. I'm yep. definitely gonna. Uh, have a look at that's fascinating yeah yeah. it's pretty interesting okay so you did that though and you didn't think it was Um, I felt that uh, I I believe that there's incredible merit for EMDR uh, but I felt what was happening for me specifically was something different Mm -hmm. so uh, the book I read um, is the first on this subject and that's why I've chosen this one specifically there are a number of other books that have furthered it but they've all based themselves on this original book. Mm-hmm. Unlearn Your Pain by Howard Schubiner. Also very, very good and a bit more advanced in the thinking. As in like you would probably need to understand it better for starting here and then read that. Is that kind um, of what you mean? You could do either. Yeah. Okay. I just think that uh, John Sano is the pioneer. Okay. Um, and there were sections in his book that aren't in other books and okay. it was amazing. I'll, I'll do an example in a sec. Um but the part that helped me is this new guy who's writing his own book now. His name's Alan Gordon, um, and he holds a pod- podcast called Tell Me About Your Pain. Um, and his process is your traumatic experiences and people who are perfectionistic and who have really high um, expectations of themselves, too high, start to get themselves living in a state of fight or flight, like – all the time. Right. Because they're always on. Everything must be perfect. You're at work. You kick the crap out of yourself if you make a mistake. If you don't, for us, if you do a gig and you bomb, you're, you know, you're hard on, you, hard on yourself. You suck. Like, the hell was that? You're never going to make it. Why are you still doing this? You know? Uh, I feel like that's almost a healthy response. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I thought too. But these are all fear thoughts. Hmm. And what happens is you get yourself into um, a fight or flight where, you know, you're, you're primed all the time because you want to make sure nothing goes wrong. And if you're primed all the time, uh, you've, you've got all your stuff firing all the time. And when you're in fight or flight, it's because your body thinks you're in danger. Right, it's kind of like um, the hack, the eye hack thing. We're manually doing the hack. If you're manually keeping yourself primed all the time, your body goes, "Oh, he's on the Serengeti, and a lion's coming," because we're, we're still underdeveloped in our brain. Mm. We still got that part. Like something goes off, yeah. and, and adrenaline goes insane. Yeah, I remember reading about that once. It's like we, we're treating uh, situations now with the same intensity that we were treating that stuff back then, and yeah. obviously that's crazy because yeah. It's like you're getting a lot more of those almost now. Like those back then, you get them now and then, but it's like here, yeah, you're like, oh, I missed the deadline. It's like something like that's happening every day. Yes. And your body's treating it like a life or death situation because it doesn't know different. Exactly. And what happens when your body thinks you're in danger is it sends out the danger signal. And for me, that was chronic pain. So it's my body saying, it's trying to talk to me. It's trying to say something is very wrong and you're not getting this. So I'm going to make this hurt real bad. Yeah. So there's two approaches. One is uh, I'm trying to send you a message that something is wrong. And the other one is I'm trying to distract you from the scary emotional trauma. Right. So you're saying there's, there's two different ones. Yeah. Uh, that are kind of almost completely different in a way. Yeah, I guess. Um, like one's more, so one's more like you're just in a very stressful situation yep. and you're kind of maybe overreacting to it and you're a bit too tense. Yes. Basically. And the other one's like you got some shit you got to sort through. Yes. Which you probably do with both, but with one, it's very different to the other. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and they'll come up at different times. You've got to figure out what's going on for you. And what? You're saying you had both. Yep. Oh, I mean, everybody does. Okay. We all have trauma. We all have something, you know, multiple things. And the thing is that was really funny for me when you're going through this book, it goes right down everything that you felt discomfort with, like everything. It took, you know, it was very difficult work and it took a long time to relive all this shit. Um, like what do you mean by discomfort? Traumatic, you know, something, uh, you know, and, and everything in detail. Like from your childhood or whatever. Your whole life. Your whole life. Yeah, any, any time you ever felt bad. Well, yeah, to a degree. Like, not I dropped my ice cream, but like- But, like, but also, it could be <laughs> you dropped your ice cream if you felt bad enough about it, right? If you don't, you know, that's not- When you're writing down these things, that's not going to spring to mind. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, but it's like, big breakup, thought she was the one, mm-hmm. she got away, 
and that whole relationship was traumatic mm-hmm. because of these reasons. And then you break it down. This in that relationship was rough. You know what I mean? My This person died when I was young. Uh, you know, all this stuff. Um, and then there's also the huge ones, obviously, which I don't have, yeah. um, that will go down. Um, and then you you look at the biggest ones and when they were. And this was one of the biggest catalysts for me. I could find a big, what was to me, traumatic Mm -hmm. uh, experience at every major injury. Really? Yep. And I was like, my body was saying, you haven't processed this. You're ignoring this. And we terrified. Ah. Yep. Okay. So- I'm guessing, does it have a guide like to help you with this part? Of, like the part where you're writing down the things that cause you discomfort, whatever. Yep. Does it kind of be like, and be honest and like, here's some tips on like, oh, yeah. go through your years or something? Yeah. Like- it, is, it is extremely clear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they hold your hand through the whole thing. Yep. Uh, they need to. And um, yeah, they've got all these uh, different techniques. Um, that is in um, Sano's book. Mm-hmm. And it's also in Shubana. Um, Howard Shubana has uh, another really clear one. Um, and there's a there's a thing called ISTDP that uh, Shubana does in Unlearn Your Pain, and it's like you have to go back mentally to the time of the traumatic event and relive it in your mind, and literally like if you were a kid and you couldn't yell back, you know, you just took on verbal abuse or whatever, you go back and you yell back what you needed to yell back at the time oh. with your current adult brain really you, you express what you needed to express out loud yeah they you can write it but they say out loud is best mm-hmm. um and so i was doing that man brutal and then when i saw my psychologist she's like so what have you been doing and i was like i've been doing some istdp and she goes oh so you've had a psychologist before this and i was like no and she goes you were doing istdp on your own and i was like yeah and she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> How was that? And I was like, brutal. That's why I came to a psychologist now because yeah. it, was, it was fucking brutal. <laughs> That's, yeah. So, I mean, so you're basically doing the thinking of the perfect comeback. But yeah. then actually going back and saying it. <laughs> but like, no, making light of yeah. it again. But uh, you yeah. did that on your own in a room. <laughs> yeah, I did. Potentially dangerous, to be honest. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. But the effects that I got from it were amazing. So I I don't know if I just did it right and I got lucky and I didn't ruin my own brain and you know but it was uh, phenomenal results yeah. um, and you know it it usually ends in you know mass breakdowns but uh, people are afraid of crying especially males we're not really allowed to but crying is processing emotion difficult emotion that's what crying is um, so yeah. when you are crying you are process like don't be if you're listening males. <laughs> I know this. This uh, all of George's listeners are definitely the ladies. But, uh, <laughs> there's emails out there. Get to crying, and uh, I'm a tough Muay Thai fighter. Take it from me. I'm the biggest man in the in the room. Every room I'm in, I'm the biggest, strongest man. I can man. kill anyone. In this I can room. kill anyone, and I'm a jazz aficionado. I don't cry. Well, playing jazz at their funeral. Sometimes I cry. Yeah, and I play. I'll kill I, them and play jazz at their funerals. I uh, play jazz at my victims' funerals. So. There's, there's that. And then um, what Alan Gordon says is he says that you don't – it's not necessary, not necessary frequently for a lot of people to do that, that extremeness, you know, of ISTDP. He says you've got to retrain your brain because it's been proven that uh, the way we connect with our body through our mind is through neural pathways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we're, if we're taking those neural pathways with a lens of danger, like, um, you know – I'm unsafe, you know, in this situation um, emotionally, uh, then it will create pain and it will get used to that. And then the next time um, you have difficult emotions, pain comes on because it's your body's autonomic response. Mm -hmm. So what you got to do is you have to do the one that I found most helpful. It's going to sound, I've been, it's funny because I've been talking to men about this and they're like, I ain't doing that, sucks. You know, men don't (laughs) have feelings, we don't allow feelings. And then I tell women about it and they're like, preach. You yeah. know, I'm all, that sounds amazing. I'm going to do that every day. What it is, is self-talk. Yeah. It's like all those books. It's like the way you talk to yourself. You know, we treat ourselves like crap. Like why Why wouldn't we treat ourselves like someone we care about the most, someone someone we want? We have to talk to yourself sometimes, they say, as if you're the, you know, 10-year-old version of yourself. If you bombed on a gig, 10-year-old you, you wouldn't come up and go, man, you suck. <laughs> the hell was that? You'd go, hey, man, 
I know, I know this is, you know, I know this must be difficult. Like you see yourself as a good comedian and, and you, you do this all the time. And, you know, I, you know, people will be like, I ain't a pussy, but also yeah. like your subconscious is a pussy. It is. It's a 10 year old boy. You walk around. That might be the best line I've ever heard. <laughs> you might not be. You might think you're tough as nails, bro. Your subconscious is a pussy. Your subconscious <laughs> has seen everything that you do. It's watched you when you cry. It sees you at night when you feel alone, falling asleep. It remembers when that person said, no, I don't want to go on a date with you. And it's scared. <laughs> It is scared. I don't care if you're not scared and you ride a Harley Davidson. You're scared. <laughs> That's the best. You can deny it all you want. Your subconscious is a pussy. Absolutely. And there's no there's no getting around it. And you need to help it out. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So what you got to do is you send yourself messages of safety. Here's the best example I got for you. I was um, last year going through a breakup and um, did not want to go through this breakup. Didn't want to break up. Feeling very unstable in the relationship, like I know this could end, and I think it will, and she's just not not addressing it. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm driving home, having these emotions. Mine's going a mile a minute, and all of a sudden, my bicep tendon in my shoulder, right where it used to hurt from kickboxing, the exact same pain, the exact same spot, flares up uncontrollably. And I say out loud to myself because I do talk to myself a lot. Yeah. I go, "Ah, oh, fuck this, man!" Like. I've got all this shit going on and now my shoulder's killing me. And I go, oh, shit. My shoulder's killing me because I got this shit going on and it's going, no, no, focus here. Focus yeah, yeah, here. Yeah. Don't worry about this. Focus. This. I can tell this is getting too much. This is getting overwhelming for you. So just look over here, right? And I say that out loud. I do the self-talk. I go, I see you. I see what you're doing. I'm talking to my primitive brain, the scared pussy. I see you. I know what you're doing. I see through your defense mechanism, rendering it moot. I know why you're doing it. I know you're trying to protect me, but you, this time, are making an error. There is no physical threat to me in this car. I haven't done anything physically dangerous with my shoulder. I'm not swinging it around. Nobody punched me. I'm just driving my car. I know you're scared and there's no physical threat to me. And as a result, I need to feel no physical pain. And I said, all of this out loud, gone. Shoulder pain, gone. Right. Just went away. So, okay. That's interesting because uh, it doesn't sound like you actually dealt with the traumatic part of things. Exactly. And that is Alan Gordon's perspective. He says, you don't necessarily have to go down this traumatic road. You have to send, because you've been living in fight or flight and you always think you're in danger, you have to send your brain messages of safety so it will stop taking the lens of danger painful neural pathway and it will start taking the lens of safety normal neural pathway so your mind-body connects without pain knowing you are safe physically. I, I, I... I almost love that because it's like, lads, don't worry. You don't have to confront your trauma. We'll just fix the physical part. <laughs> but you're, you're, you know, lads, you've got to talk to yourself as if your subconscious is a pussy. So mm. still, you've still got to do this. Yeah, but just you're not dealing with your, like for your, in that case, you're not dealing with the emotional issues of the breakup. You're literally just dealing with that's right. the pain in your shoulder. Well, that's where the traumatic stuff might get you when you're 50 and you have a heart attack and it's too late. You, yeah. can't, you can't talk yourself through that. Mm-hmm. But if you've got things like skin breakouts, digestion, chronic pain that has no physical reason, you know, uh, and most chronic pain has no physical reason. Um, they've done studies in people's back where they do back scans and people have bulging discs and disc degeneration, etc. And people see that on, a, on an MRI. And they go, that's the reason for my back pain. Mm. It isn't because they've done scans on people and people who have disc degeneration also have no pain. There are people with no disc degeneration who have pain. Mm. So when doctors get the scans of 100 people and some of them have stuff and some of them don't, they can't point to the scan and tell you who's got pain. Therefore, evidently and scientifically, these are not indicators of pain and therefore those uh, changes in your back are normal human changes and are not causing pain. Right. Like obviously to a degree with all that stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm I, shrugging right now. Like you're maybe. You're shrugging hard because I maybe. just don't. Look, I, my, my concern is obviously because, uh, well, you're speaking from a fully lived experience of dealing with this pain because you're telling me you did that and when you said the results were extraordinary. Mm-hmm. 
Like, are we talking the pain just went away? Yeah. So, like, uh, as in over a few weeks, or you're like, you screamed at the 11 year old you who, who'd wronged you, and you were just sweet. So, I've had uh, differing things for different parts, and di- different things have worked to different degrees. What happens is you can't just uh, flick a switch and now you're all good. Mm. The pain does, did go away. Later, I've had more difficult emotions come up, and that pain will come again. But I do the thing, gone. Now, what happens is I'm retraining my brain eventually. That will become the norm. The main one that got me, and this is the example I alluded to earlier that I was going to bring up. The little crumb you put in, yeah. Oh, baby. Okay, we're ready. This was huge. I was driving to that girlfriend's house while we were still in the sweet relationship I didn't want to end, and I was enjoying my drive listening to this book on audio. Uh, Great times, by the way. Um, She's not listening, but if she's listening, great times. Uh (laughs) So, was this the point where in the relationship where things were difficult or before that? They were great. Okay. They were phenomenal. So, um, I'm driving, listening on audio. Now, uh, for eight years, I was taking strong pain medication that was just helping a little bit, and I had to wear a mouth guard at night um, to mitigate pain. Uh, It helped a little and I hate taking medication, so I would try to wean myself off medication all the time and just see if I could handle it. No. Jesus. Unbearable. Can't chew one time. Like, ridiculous pain. What? Can't. If I didn't have the mouth guard, like, life over. The next day is a write-off. Like. Oh my God. That level of pain. Outrageous amount of pain. Like, I can't even, I can't even tell you. Um, and so, what I'm doing is uh, I, I would then have to take the drugs again. I would just go, hey, I can't, I can't handle this. So. I'm driving. I'm listening to Dr. John Sarno, Mind Body Prescription. And there's a question answer section towards the end of the book. And he's like, uh, he reads out people's questions and he answers. Somebody's question was if uh, one of the things that he says is you must repudiate the fact that there is anything physically wrong with you, you must be certain. You must say, I've had all the scans. You've got to get all the scans and make sure, obviously. Yeah. Um, if okay, got- that's a key point I think that people need key. to Yeah, yeah. Key. If you've got, uh, you know, pain and you get scans and there's tumors. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can't think your way out of that. That's something different. He lists in the book what is not tension myositis syndrome. So if mm. you've got those, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, they, the person goes, um, uh, if I'm doing my physio exercises that are related to helping my, let's say, shoulder, um, and, I, and I've got tension myositis syndrome, it's the mind thing, should I keep doing the shoulder exercises? And Sano says, No. You must stop the exercises because while you're doing them, you're reaffirming to your brain that there is something wrong and I need these exercises. And therefore, it will think my uh, distraction defense mechanism therapy is working Mm -hmm. and I will continue, right? I will proceed because they believe it to a degree. And when that happened, when he said that out loud, I go, I got to come off these drugs. Got to come off these drugs. Bang. My jaw goes to a 10 out of 10 pain. That's my subconscious going, no, 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 no. Do not come off those drugs. You need them. Hurt, 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 pain, pain, pain. Right? And I go, I see you. I see you in my jaw. I do not need this because I haven't done anything. I've just had thoughts. Mm. Just had some thoughts. I see straight through. It went down. The next morning, I stopped taking my drugs. There's no pain. It's gone because I now know I've seen through the defense mechanism, rendering it moot. I now know that I don't need it. It was uh, painful for a little bit, and I went, oh, no, I don't need this. I don't need it. I see it was like very minimum. Thought it down. I haven't been on drugs ever since. Gone. I don't need them. I wake up fine. I don't need my mouth guard anymore either. Gone. Because of the knowledge. I've seen through it. I mean, I love it. Yeah. Right. As in, I, I feel like I'm going to have to put a warning at the start of this episode about like doctor's advice and all that. But it does sound like what you're saying, though. It doesn't sound unreasonable, like as in, in terms of you've done the scans, there's no clear reason why this is happening. So, you, and, and on top of that, you've got the pain coming at moments where it's like, this isn't related to a physical thing. And so, yes. you've got like, you, you have a history of proving in quotation marks that it's not a physical thing. Yeah. So, that's helped you then come to this conclusion about the fact that it's not physical. So I feel like that's an important point as well to put towards people that like, you know, you you did the work to confirm that it wasn't a physical thing that, yes. or at least not an obvious physical because anyone can always find something. It's probably this, but like yes. as in, but you've confirmed that it's, if it's not clear cut essentially, yep. then there's more chance that maybe, yeah, it's go down this path, but we're also at the, let's say the more problematic 
part here because like obviously to tell someone to throw away their painkiller medication or whatever oh yeah you know don't just throw it away if you're coming off pain medication you got to wean yourself off it do it with the help of a medical professional mm. don't just you know <clears throat> be hearing some enormously buff strong white man on a <laughs> on a thing on a podcast <laughs> yeah but <clears throat> this um, isn't joe rogan <laughs> yeah what up yeah uh, i got your spinning kicks um definitely but uh in this book mind body prescription they have all these all these things saying, hey, these are the precautions, like do this, do that, get the scans, make sure, like be safe. All the things mm. are in there. So um, hopefully this is just a hype for the book rather than you to alter your entire life, but read the book. Well, no, book. that's the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I, cause and I, all those safety measures are in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay, yeah. that's great. No, because I, I definitely think that people don't appreciate how much your mental state impacts your body, like it's, in a way that people don't. It's yeah. insane because people – uh, today are rejecting the fact um, because uh, they're saying, uh, no, your you thoughts can't affect pain. It's got to be structural. Um, apparently, at one point in history, they were going to go one way or the other, structural or psychological, and they went structural. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with being paired with big pharmaceuticals and being able to make all that money, baby. Yeah, you can make a lot more. But also, I think it's mm-hmm. uh, it's easy to measure and deal with for a lot of people to be like, yes. here's, we can measure. Oh, yeah, it's because of this, this disc here, this thing here. But it's like... Yeah. Especially people who are afraid to address what's happened. Everyone has been their whole... Yep. And they don't want to address it. They don't want to believe. They don't want to go down difficult traumas. So they'll just ignore. Um, And they'll be like, nah, man, that that can't happen. But the proof is that the mind can affect your body in every single day. You know, you ever see some somebody you got a crush on and you blush? Hmm. You know what I mean? It's somebody scare you and your heart rate spike immediately. They didn't do anything to you. They didn't put anything hot on you to make your heart rate spike. It was all thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your thoughts did. They didn't even touch you. Man, you ever been like, you know, you broke up with someone like eight years ago and you're like, oh, man, you're like desperately in love with them and you're like, oh, man, I'm going to look up them on Instagram and just see what's up. You know what I mean? And you look it up and you're like, oh, it still hurts. It's <laughs> I'm still not over this. Why? You know, it's just it's only a photo. It's because of all the memories and the difficultness of losing that that are elicited by that photo. Mm. And you feel it physically. Yeah. It's a physical reaction. Why wouldn't it come through in pain? Why Why is pain off limits to you? Yeah, it's got everything else. You blush, your heart rate goes up, you feel the gut, you feel the tension, you feel that. Why wouldn't you feel pain? Why wouldn't you feel pain? Why wouldn't you have difficulty with your skin? Why wouldn't you have digestion that's just tricky? I'll tell you, because you would. <laughs> and, and like you said, for you, it was like, it does sound like maybe there was a bit of traumatic stuff there, but not like, the big T, the obvious ones, but yeah, yeah. like still maybe stuff to do with loss or mm-hmm. abandonment or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and you, as you say, like from that, um, you know, a lot of stuff in the formative years, you know? Yeah. Well, that, it that is the most, you know. Well, that's when you're most open, I think. And yeah. then getting older is almost just closing everything off. <laughs> okay, this is enough trauma for me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be open anymore. I've learned my lesson. Right? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know. People, you know, people have all these theories and stuff of um, people who've been married and divorced. They go into another marriage, and you know, they're just not, you know, they're just like, yeah, they're just a bit more mundane about it. Mm. In, in term, you know, maybe they still love the person, but comparatively to the original marriage, you know what I mean? There's a difference because you've had that loss, and your your safety brain, the one that's evolved to try and keep you safe, is like, all right, well, let's maybe let's be a little safer this time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. To hold you back. Sad, yeah, like. <clears throat> So it's like the first cut's the deepest because you actually don't you don't let another one go as deep. That's right. <laughs> it's yeah. not because yeah. of any other reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of sad, but understanding. Understand a bit. And if you can understand that, maybe you can break through that barrier and then be open again. And then you can feel everything again. Yeah. Just to get cut back down yeah, to life. Exactly. <laughs> just so you can go back to your therapist and go through the trauma. Again and read again. Read another book, your jaw hurts. It's worth it though, because you get to feel that stuff. Better to time. have loved and lost. Yeah, yeah, yep. I can definitely agree with that. Um, cool. Well, yeah. I guess that's kind of. This has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, usually I'm like unpacking how like the book subtle ways it might have impacted you, but you're very. I knew. I knew it would. I knew the book would handle it. Like me just talking about it. Ah, oh, man, it's so. Yeah. I mean, we go. We could, we could sit here and talk another. 10 hours okay it is in the the power of uh intention and stuff as well this all like almost ties but that's that's a whole different topic so i want to go into that definitely but, but from a physical point of view this is the most nuts and bolts actually example of how the mind can impact um the physical reality i guess in a way in a way that everyone can understand that's right and i mean this book's like 
you know, the secret and stuff, which was like gangbusters. I haven't read it. And yeah. when people hear about they're like, Yeah, that's some hokey shit. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. put put out your intention and it will come back. Like That's why I'm trying yeah, let's not go down that path. Yeah. Obviously, like, you know, that's true to a degree, but you gotta Really, you just got to work really hard. Yeah, and like I think that's a case of you, you're training your subconscious to focus on the things you like by every day telling yourself that, and then it will actually help you. So yeah. I can understand how it could aid. They're in they're masking what's really happening with something else. Yeah, like as in, well, it's kind of you're using just flowery yes things by to, the book, but yeah, feel but like nice. As, yeah, but like <laughs> as in the idea of every day waking up, be like I'm going to get this. It actually would probably help your brain focus on that anyway, where the yeah. universe then metaphysically creates it but your one i yes. think everyone can kind of this is scientific it and it's been backed yeah and with research evidence-based research and trauma we know like when stuff sucks you feel it in you so like in your body physically yeah no that's uh it's great so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be telling people about this book please and, do uh, yeah because even if you have like you know headaches what do you think headaches are nobody did anything to your head nobody punched you in the head like i kickboxed and after the after the fight my head really hurt it wasn't cause, it's because i got punched in it yeah <laughs> right but when you have headaches just come on at work why you're not doing anything dangerous like you're just in an office and you're just stressed the fuck out and your brain's going hey here's a distraction that's what headaches are just a distraction there's nothing wrong with your head okay <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge thing to drop. Yeah. <laughs> Just at the end of Read the episode. Read that we book. can cure headaches because that's can. migraines and stuff. You, yes, migraines too. This is all covered in this book. Oh my God. And people are going to be hearing me. I know, I know, I know you're listening to my stupid voice right now and you're like, this guy. Or maybe, guy. or maybe you're sitting there going, man, this guy dropping some truth bombs. Yeah. I'm hoping. But. You know, you might be like, this guy's just full of it, man, and he's just some spiritual hippie. I'm not. I did. 10 straight years of searching for the structural Western medical GP doctor thing and none of it worked because there was nothing structurally wrong with me Yeah, and we were treating the wrong thing. And, oh, this is the big thing to include. It's not all in your head. People go, oh, it's all in your head. You're nuts. No, it's not. It's in your nervous system, which is attached to your body. It is in your body. It's real. It's not fake pain that your mind has conjured. It is real pain. I mm. believe you that this pain is real. My pain is real. I felt it. I'm not trying to cut you down. All pain is is nerves firing. So yeah. they're still firing. All pain is real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have pain, it's real. You ain't making it up. I know that. And so does the guy in the book. So we're not trying to cut you down by saying, hey, you're nuts. You're just a psycho. <laughs> no, you aren't. This is Everybody has this, whether they admit it or not, to some degree. I had it to an extreme degree. But if you've got discomfort, this book is for you. Okay. Well, I mean, um, I don't think we can uh, end it anywhere nicer than that. Beautiful. So, I mean, thank you very much for being on and hey, sharing that me. stuff. With I hope it. I didn't sound too preachy. I'm hopefully, hopefully I'm helpful, but I've had a lot of pushback when I, I know the answer. You know, it's so difficult. You, and you've earned it. I feel with the pain. Oh, thank you. Things. You know what I mean? Like you had 10 years of that. That I sounds did. like hell. And I met you and you didn't do, you stopped the kickboxing and then you stopped the music. So this yeah. pain. Yeah. You've earned the right to be a bit like preachy because like this stuff full impacted you and you went past it. So I'm with you. And the reason I'm preaching is because I know how long it took me to find the answer. Mm. And I know there are people out there who don't have this answer. And if one person hears this and reads the book and gets relief from pain, then then fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, man, that was not a fun existence (laughs) to have. Um, I'm going to read it. (laughs) You should. (laughs) Yeah. Every human should read this book on the planet. Um, um, awesome. Thanks for being on. And I guess uh, this almost feels mundane compared to the metaphysical workings of the entire uh, pain nervous system and changing people's lives. But if anyone wants to follow you on anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dope. Yeah, dope. <laughs> I am, or is there anything else you want to plug, I guess, at the end of the show? It feels so small compared to what we've just been dealing with but yeah totally you can um on facebook simon carter comedy mm-hmm. um and instagram mr dot simon carter um i don't really post any pain related stuff although i've been thinking about it lately like you know if it might help in any way but i post comedy stuff and i'm mm-hmm. going to start posting music stuff as well yeah man I think. definitely be showing off some if you that's great content, and you, it's different every day. You're wailing on the trombone. That's yeah, sick. and I've been writing a lot for piano, so I might put put up some of that too. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah. that's great. So All if right. you're into that, yeah, perfect. All right, well, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Cheers. Thanks. 
Thanks for listening. If you want to help support this show and all the other shows we do here at Sans Pants Radio, then why not subscribe to SansPantsPlus.com? For as little as $5 a month, you could have access to a whole bunch of bonus shows and content. Once again, that's SansPantsPlus.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.